Greetings, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Thanks so much for joining me again on this chapter of the journey. We are in the Gospel of Mark, and today's chapter was chapter 2. I uh, found verses 27-28 especially resonating. It said, Then Jesus said to the Pharisees, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. For the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Today's podcast is entitled, The Great Conflict. Now, the great story on the macro level is a story of good and evil. It's a grand conflict over humanity and creation. Along my journey, I've observed that it's easy to lose sight of this. In my inescapable fallen human nature, see, I like to make everything, especially the things of God, all about me. Jesus taught that I have to crucify that notion. Now, this doesn't mean that I and my life are insignificant by any means. Jesus made that clear in his teachings as well. The numbers of my hair, even though they're declining, (laughs) are intimately known, as are the number of my days on this earthly journey, as are the anxieties and cares of my heart. And it's such a mind-blowing thing to discover. The great story is both and, Epic and personal, macro and micro, eternal and momentary. Now, a few weeks ago, I delivered the Good Friday message among my local gathering of Jesus followers. And uh, side note, you can find that message by going to TomBandrell.com, click on the messages page, and look for Good Friday. In that message, I laid out how... Jesus' six trials and crucifixion were a spiritual conflict between the kingdom of God and the prince of this world and his kingdoms of this world representing their three pillars of earthly power, politics, commerce, and religion. Mark's biography of Jesus introduces this epic story right away in chapter 1 as Jesus begins his earthly ministry. Jesus is sent by the Holy Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the prince of this world, just as he tempted Adam and Eve and started the whole grand conflict. The prince of this world offers Jesus the kingdoms of this world, which are his to give, if only Jesus will bow down and worship him. Now think about that. Jesus could have it all. All human governments from the United States to Russia and China with the United Nations thrown in to boot. Jesus could have the Dow Jones 100, Amazon, Apple, and all the popular athletic franchises that rack up billions every year. He could have the media and the power to manipulate the masses. He could have all of human religion from atheism to the Vatican with which to dictate his will and desires with top-down authority. Jesus passes on the offer. The epic story, the epic conflict, continues. In today's chapter, the conflict continues as the prince of this world begins to position his pieces on the chessboard. Mark gives us four episodes in Jesus' early ministry. In all four, there is a conflict between Jesus' actions slash teaching and representatives of the institutional religion that had taken over God's people. Jesus, in episode one, forgives a man's sins. 
the religious institution said only God could forgive sins. And institutions of this world like to control all power, even the spiritual power of forgiveness. Jesus hangs out with tax collectors like Matthew and his sinful friends. This antagonizes the religious institution who carefully control their adherents with strict moral codes and rules about who is in and who is out. To break these rules, Jesus threatens their hold over people. Jesus and his followers choose not to observe certain religious staples like fasting. Traditions, especially traditional religious rituals, are yet another essential part of determining a religious pecking order. Both the institutional religious power brokers and faithful adherents like John's disciples are confused. Jesus is not following the playbook of tradition. Jesus and his disciples appear to blatantly break one of God's top 10 rules given through Moses. They work on the Sabbath day of rest by picking some heads of grain to snack on while they walk through a field. The leaders of the religious institution are appalled. The institutions of religion tend to make rules to codify previous rules which were put in place by earlier generations to ensure that the original rule is followed. This is how a convenient pecking order of religious and self-righteous is maintained. So as I read the chapter this morning, I see that on the macro level, Mark is telling us that the pieces are quickly moving into place on the chessboard. The middle game and end game are already determined for anybody who has the eyes to see it. Jesus will continue to teach about a kingdom that is not of this world, in which individuals are forgiven and spiritually free from the shackles of this world's pillars of power. Jesus will teach of an eternal kingdom in which any individual, having experienced the love and forgiveness of God's kingdom, will be motivated by that love to spread eternal love and forgiveness wherever they go. Having failed to tempt Jesus into the sweet deal of earthly power, the prince of this world will use all of the institutions of this world that he controls, starting with the institution of religion, to make the Son of God suffer the ultimate earthly penalty himself, death. And in the quiet this morning, I find myself contemplating my own personal relationship with Jesus in light of the great story on the macro level. I'm thinking about Jesus' call to be an ambassador of his kingdom on earth. I find my heart and mind doing a little self-evaluation based on Jesus' example in the first two chapters of Mark. Four questions I asked myself this morning. Am I choosing to pass on what the world feeds me, offers me, and tells me is valuable and worthwhile? Or am I just choosing to live like the world while putting on a religious exterior? Am I forgiving others as I have been forgiven? Or am I holding grudges, prejudices, and judgment because of the power it makes me feel? Three, am I seeking out spiritual disciplines that really help me be more like Jesus? Or am I mindlessly following religious rituals because it's expected of me 
by a religious authority or institution? And four, am I choosing to live in the spiritual freedom that Jesus taught and exemplified? Or am I choosing religious rule-keeping, that of my local religious institution's brand of self-righteous pecking order? Lord, help me live out my citizenship of your eternal kingdom on this earth today by fully living out the former on each of these four questions. I hope you have a great week, my friend. Chapter Day Journey will continue tomorrow. Hope to see you back here.